Well, hey everybody, it's Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In today's podcast, we're continuing in our sermon series called In Transit. Now, being in transit means that you're on the move or that you're just passing through, or if you trace the word back to its Latin origin, it means that you're going across. So in this series, we're exploring biblical stories about people in transitions, and we're seeing what we can learn from their experiences to help us as we face transitions in our lives too, like last week. Last week, we talked about the story of Daniel, and we saw that if we're faithful to God, that God will be faithful to us, regardless of if we're in transition or not. And in today's podcast, we're taking a closer look at the story of Abraham. And in Abraham's story, we're going to see what it means for us to be in the right place. So let's get started with this week's podcast. So a couple of weeks ago, while Ashley and Hannah were enjoying a little girl's getaway with Ashley's mom down in Tennessee, I decided that I would take that opportunity to go out and treat myself to a movie. Now, I work a full-time job, and we're trying to raise a seven-year-old, so I don't often get to make it out to the movies unless we're going to see the latest Disney cartoon or maybe the live-action versions that they've been releasing over the last few years. But on this occasion, since my seven-year-old wasn't in tow for this trip to the movies, I decided that instead of going to watch a cartoon, I wanted to go and watch a big summer blockbuster movie. And it just so happened that Marvel had just released the latest film in their ever-expanding cinematic universe, Spider-Man Far From Home. And I love superhero movies. So I didn't have a problem in the world plopping down a few bucks to go and see the new Spider-Man movie. But something interesting happened to me while I was waiting for the movie to begin. Now, I don't know when the last time was that you personally made it out to the movies, but movie theaters have changed a whole lot over the last couple of years. And one of the biggest changes that's come to a lot of movie theaters recently is that you now get to reserve your specific seat in the theater long before you actually make it into that theater. So I went over to the theater that opened up at the Mall of St. Matthews a year or two ago, and I walked up to the the ticket counter there, and I told them that I wanted to see the next showing of Spider-Man Far From Home, and then they flipped their monitor over and they let me pick what seat I wanted to sit in. And as Ashley can tell you, whenever we go to the movies, I like to be as close to the middle of the theater as I can possibly be, but it was opening week for a big movie, so I kind of had to settle for what was there. So I ended up sitting in seat 13 in row H to see the Spider-Man movie. Now, once I had made my selection, the woman working the register, she handed me my ticket, and I swung by the concession stand and got myself a bag of popcorn and a little drink, and then I headed over to the usher for them to take my ticket and tear it. And once the usher tore my ticket, he told me that Spider-Man was playing in Theater 2. So I made my way down to Theater 2, I walked in, went to the stairs, I found row H, and I found seat 13, and then I sat down and got ready to watch the movie. But while I was sitting there, casually munching on my popcorn, waiting for the coming attractions to play, somebody came up to me and told me, I think you're in my seat. But here's the thing, I knew that I was in the right seat because I'm a little meticulous when it comes to these kind of things. As a matter of fact, when I had walked into the theater, I took a little bit of extra time just to make sure that I was headed to row 
H. And then I didn't just look for the seat that had the number 13 labeled on it. No, I started at the other end of the row and I counted off 13 seats to make sure that they matched up. So I looked up at the guy and I told him, no, I'm pretty sure that I'm in the right spot. But just to make sure that I hadn't missed anything, I reached down into my pocket and I pulled out my ticket stub and I double-checked. And it said, row H, seat 13. So I turned the ticket around and I showed it to the guy and I said, see, I'm in row H, seat 13. But this guy just couldn't believe it. He said, no, I'm supposed to be in row H, seat 13. And I'm like, there is no way. There is no way that we could both be in the same seat to watch the same movie. So the first thing that I asked him was, are you here to watch Spider-Man? And he looked at me and he said, yeah, I'm here to see Spider-Man. So the next thing that I did was I asked him if I could see his ticket because there had to be a mistake. And he slowly handed his ticket stub over to me, but the whole time he was completely adamant that he was in the right place. But once I had his ticket in my hand, I looked down at where his seat number was printed on that ticket, and sure enough, it said, row H, seat 13. So I pulled my ticket stub back out, and I started comparing the two of them again. And sure enough, my stub said, row H, seat 13. And at this point, we were both just completely confused by the whole process. We were there to watch the same movie, and we had, been assigned the same, we had been assigned the same row and the same seat, so we both thought that we were in the right place. But there's a difference between thinking you're in the right place and being in the right place. There's a difference between thinking you're in the right place and being in the right place. So just as... The two of us were about to give up and just go and find an usher or another theater employee and have them figure out our dilemma for us. I glanced down at my ticket stub one more time. And I asked the guy which theater he was supposed to be in. You see, it was opening week for one of the biggest movies of the summer. So Spider-Man Far From Home was not just playing in theater two. It was playing in at least three or four other theaters uh, at the Cinemark at St. Matthew's. So lo and behold, he took his ticket stub, he looked down at his ticket, and this guy, who two seconds earlier had been completely convinced that he was exactly where he needed to be, realized that he had walked into the wrong theater number. Ever have something like that happen to you in your life? Have you ever thought that you were exactly where you needed to be, that you were in the right spot, only to realize that you actually needed to be someplace else instead? Maybe it's happened to you when you've gone to the airport and you've wandered to the wrong gate number that you were supposed to be at. Or maybe you've gotten off on the wrong stop when you've used a subway system in New York, Washington, D.C., or Atlanta. Or maybe... You were planning on having breakfast with a couple of friends at McDonald's, but you showed up at the wrong McDonald's? From time to time, it happens. We've all had these moments where we thought that we were exactly where we needed to be, that we thought that we were in the right spot, only to realize that we were supposed to be someplace else instead. And this includes people in the Bible, too. They have these moments, too. There are times when people in the Bible seem like they're in the exact right spot where they need to be, only to realize that they're supposed to be someplace else instead. 
And one of those people is Abraham. And just who is Abraham? Well, Abraham is the person that God makes his covenant with. God promises to Abraham that he will make him into a great nation so that all the people in all the nations of the earth might be blessed by Abraham and his descendants. And because of this, we consider Abraham to be the father of our faith. But this morning, I want to tell you the part of Abraham's story that happens before he's known as the father of our faith. I want to tell you the part of Abraham's story that happens before God promised to make Abraham into a great nation. I want to tell you the part of Abraham's story that happens before God makes his covenant with Abraham. So if you will, grab your Bible, whether you've got a printed one like mine or an app on your phone, and you can turn with me to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. We're going to read together, starting with verse 27. Genesis chapter 11, starting in verse 27. That's what it says. These are Terah's descendants. Terah became the father of Abram. Abram will go on to become Abraham. Nahor and Haran. Haran became the father of Lot. Haran died while his father Terah, while with his father Terah in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. Abram and Nahor both married. Abram's wife was Sarai, and Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, father of both Milcah and Ishka. Sarai was unable to have children. Terah took his son Abraham, his grandson Lot, who was the son of Harah, and his son Abram's wife Sarai, his daughter-in-law. They left Ur of the Chaldeans for the land of Canaan, and having arrived at Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Harah. Now, this passage isn't exactly the most captivating passage that you're going to find in the Bible, right? There's a whole lot of names that get mentioned inside of the six verses of Scripture that we just read together, and those names don't mean a whole lot to us. But in the midst of all of the names that we just heard, there are a couple of small details that can help us understand where Abraham is in his life. And I'm literally talking about the places that are mentioned in this passage of Scripture. In this passage of Scripture, the author mentions three different places. He mentions Ur, he mentions Haran, and he mentions Canaan. Now, those three places, they may not mean a whole lot to you, but all three of these places would have meant something to the very first people to hear Abraham's story. You can think about it this way. If I were to mention New York City to you this morning, it would mean something to you. It would mean something to you even if you have never been to New York City. There are just certain ideas, images, that hearing the name of that city triggers in our minds. So when you hear me say New York City, you might think of the Empire State Building or you might think of the Statue of Liberty. When you hear me mention New York City, you might think about Broadway or the Yankees. When you hear me mention New York City, you might think of bumper-to-bumper traffic or rats that are the size of a small car. But just hearing the name New York makes you think of something. So let's talk about what these places, Ur, Haran, and Canaan, would have meant to the first people to hear this story. And to help with that this morning, I brought along this map that we want to show you. Okay? Now, on this map, you can see Ur over here on this corner. That's point A. And then you can see Haran right in the middle. That's point B. And then you can see Canaan over on the other side, labeled as point C. 
And if you look closely at the map, you might realize that Earth, where the story begins in Genesis 11, verse 27, you might realize that Ur is near the southern end of the Euphrates River. And you might also notice that Haran, up there in the middle of the map, where Abraham and his father eventually settle down in this passage we just read, is near the northern tip of the Tigris River. And if you can remember way back to when you had that world history class in high school or maybe middle school, you might remember that there is a specific name for the area between the Tigris and the Euphrates River. We call this area Mesopotamia, which literally means in the midst of rivers. What a great name. It's right between two rivers, and they call it in the midst of rivers. But you may have also heard this place referred to as the cradle of life. And sometimes this patch of land is called the cradle of life because human civilization started in Mesopotamia. As a matter of fact, the very first urban civilization in history sprung up near where Ur is, down in the bottom corner of this map, about 2,000 years before Abraham was even born. And this area of Mesopotamia this cradle of life, this area was prized by virtually every nation and every empire that existed in the Eastern Hemisphere for thousands of years. The Babylonian Empire and the Assyrian Empire even established their capital cities inside of this area of Mesopotamia. And people from all over the world routinely flocked to this area because it was so prosperous and, li and living was so much easier there. And this is where Abraham is living. This is where Abraham is living as this story starts. Abraham is living in the heart of civilization. Abraham is living in a place that people are flocking to. Abraham is living in a place that empires are going to expand from. But all of that's about to change. You see, in Genesis 11, verse 31, Abraham and his family may have settled in Haran, but in the very next chapter, just a couple of verses later, Abraham's going to be called away from it. So let's look back into Genesis. This time we'll be in Genesis chapter 12. We'll start reading in verse 1. That's what it says. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your land, your family, and your father's household for the land that I will show you. Did you hear it? In this one verse, God asks Abraham, to leave the place that he's been. God asks Abraham to leave the heart of civilization. God asks Abraham to walk away from the place that people have been flocking to. God asks Abraham to flee from a place that empires will grow from. And then in verse 2, God tells Abraham why. He says to him, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name respected, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and those who curse you, I will curse. All of the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. And when Abraham heard God say all of those things to him, I can't help but think, that Abraham thought the same thing that that guy thought when he was standing in the theater talking with me. I can't help but think that God, that Abraham thought, I'm already in the right space. I'm already where I need to be. I'm already here. Because God, 
God, if you want to make me into a great nation, well, I'm already standing at a place that nations will be born and expand from. And God, if you want to make my name respected, well, I'm already surrounded by people that are flocking here from all over the place, so people are going to know my name. And if God, God, if you want me to bless all of the families of the earth, well, I'm standing here in the heart of civilization. What better place for me to bless all the families of the earth? But remember, what I told you a little while ago, there's a difference between thinking you're in the right place and being in the right place. And there was something big that Abraham would not have realized about where God wanted him to go when the story begins. And that's that third point down on this side of the map. The area that's called Canaan. This area would eventually become the crossroads of the continents. If someone wanted to travel from Europe down to Africa, they had to travel through Canaan. If somebody wanted to travel from Africa over to Asia, they had to travel through Canaan. If somebody wanted to travel from Asia over to Europe, they had to travel through Canaan. So even though it may have seemed like Abraham was in the right spot to bless the whole world when he was sitting there in Mesopotamia, God knew that there was a better place for Abraham to be. If Abraham would just go down to Canaan, God knew that the whole world would come to him. that's a great story, right? And you even got to learn a little bit about ancient geography while you were sitting here in the, sur- in the sanctuary this morning, so that's just an added bonus, right? But what does all of this talk about Abraham and being in the right place have to do with us? Well, right now, we as a church are in a time of transition, and we know that God is calling our church to leave this place the same way that God called Abraham to leave behind Mesopotamia. And it's not easy to think about leaving here because it already feels like we're in the right place. But you know what? We'll never be in the right place until we're where God wants us to be. We will never be in the right place until we're where God wants us to be. And that reminds me of why our church ended up in this place, at 3728 Taylorsville Road to begin with. Almost 70 years ago now, God showed the men and the women that started this church that there was a need for a church right here in this community. So we planted a church that has served this community in the city of Louisville in this place for over 60 years. Right here. But now, God knows that there is a need for our church to go someplace else, to be someplace new. And just like God took Abraham from a good place in Mesopotamia and sent him to the best place for him to be in the land of Canaan, I believe that God's doing that same thing for our church. God's taking us from a place that has been good to us and sending us to the best place for his kingdom. God's taking us from a place that has been good to us and God is sending us to the best place for his kingdom 
now. But for us to get to that best place, we have to be willing to do the same thing that Abraham did. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 4, we're told, Abraham left just as the Lord told him. Abraham left just as the Lord told him. Abraham was in one of the best places on the entire planet. Abraham was in the heart of civilization, a place that empires would be born from, a place that people were flocking to. And God told him to go down to a land where there was nothing. A land that seemed like it was surrounded by nothing but desert, wasteland. God told Abraham to go there. Can't imagine what it would have been like to be in Abraham's shoes when that conversation was happening. All of the doubts, all of the concerns, every thought that Abraham had running through his mind would have been thinking, yes, but my family is here. My dad has been buried here. Everything that I have, my entire history has been spent in this place. And now you're calling me to go. God, I don't know what's waiting out there for me. You haven't given me an exact pinpoint location. You didn't give me an address to find on my GPS. God, I'm not sure of where you're sending me. We have a lot of those same doubts, too. We have a lot of history in this place. Some of you have spent most of your life coming to this church. So it's scary to think about moving ahead into the future. And we don't know exactly where we're going. We don't have an address yet that we can pinpoint on a GPS and tell you where we'll end up at. But Abraham was willing to go, to step out in faith, to trust God. We have to be willing to do the same. The Lord's told us that it's time for our church to be in transit. It's time for us to move forward into a new place. And I believe that our next home will be the right place for us because I believe it will be exactly where God wants us to be. All we have to do, we just have to be willing. We have to be willing to do what God is telling us to do and trust that God is taking us where he wants us to be. Let's pray together. God, throughout life we often struggle wondering if we're where we are supposed to be. We wonder that when we leave home. We wonder that when we start off into college. We wonder that when we choose a career path. Just wondering if we're where we're supposed to be. Right now, God, our church is wondering where it is we're supposed to be. But God, we hear in the story of Abraham that you have a place in mind for us all. A place that's far better than anything that we can even begin to imagine. So God, our prayer is that we trust you. We trust you to be the one that leads us along the way. That we commit ourselves to following you wherever it is that you want us to go. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and thanks for listening to this week's sermon podcast. We hope that no matter what transitions you may be facing in your life, that you've been challenged to follow God wherever God may lead you, just like Abraham did. Now, next week, we're going to be continuing the sermon series by exploring the story of Jeremiah. And we'll see what Jeremiah's story has to tell us about living where we are 
even in times of transition. That episode will drop next Tuesday, and if you subscribe to our podcast, it will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And before I go, I just want to remind you of what we learn in James 1.22. We are not supposed to be only hearers of the word. We're also supposed to be doers. So take what you heard this week and put it into action. This week, commit yourself to following God wherever God may lead you. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday for another sermon podcast.